Welcome to a very sexy Craft Beer Radio episode 370 on Valentine's Day 2016. Oh man, that song is awfuler than I remembered. It's pretty bad. Welcome to uh, our show. Uh, this is Jeff. That's Greg. And we have five beers in front of us. And well, why don't you go and tell us about these beers? What is the what is the running theme that we have tonight? Uh, beers, breweries. We haven't done too much on the show recently. Is the main impetus okay. for the theme. And uh, as it turns out, four of the five beers were beers Dave dropped off. Well, fantastic. So, big Dave Hall show. I think we start with the blonde. All right. This is from Appalachian Mountain Brewing, which is in uh, North Carolina, I believe. Yep. Boone, North Boone, Carolina. Boone, North Carolina. This is their Boone Creek Blonde Ale, uh, which has some local North Carolina wildflower honey. And I think there's something else on the can that says... Let you know. Yeah. Orange zest. Orange, Orange zest. zest. Yes. 4.7% Pound- alcohol by volume, 19 IBUs. Pounder can. Uh, very, uh, very clear straw color with just uh, you know, maybe a tinge of sort of gold in that to make it not like quite yellowish straw. It's got about a finger or two's worth of a nice sort of creamy, fluffy head. Boone's in northwest North Carolina. Too far from Asheville. Can really get some of the honey and the orange coming off. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a pilsner type malt. You know, yeah. there's a big um, malty aroma where it's not too bready. It's a little more spicy on the malt aroma. And the hops seem like I don't. I wasn't listening if Greg actually said what they were, yeah. but they seem kind of spicy, kind of continental as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Like a Haller Tower or something like that. They call it an ode to the American blonde. Looks nice and effervescent. Yeah, I'm getting some uh, some nice honey aroma now that I've kind of got accustomed to the the malty hops. Probably need to be a little bit warmer. All right, let's see where this guy's at. Here, fifty-four is what my infrared gun is saying. Greg's pulling. Something out of his. I just want to get my nose. Oh, he's he's opening the nose up with. <laughs> Watching Greg put that up his nose made me sneeze. Who knew? <laughs> Excuse me. Who knew that was possible? Yeah, was, and at first I was smelling the malt, you know, that mm-hmm. spicy pilsner malt, you know, maybe some spicy hops in there. But now I'm smelling the honey, and it definitely has this kind of wildflower type thing. It, it's. Um, very floral. I'm going to sneeze again here. Very floral. Reminds me kind of like a, you know, field, like a pasture or something like that. And I definitely get the orange note as well. Mm-hmm. Orange zest carries through the flavor pretty well. It's pretty bright. Um, Actually it does have kind of a hoppy kick to it. It kind of reminds me... Of an export lager, but in terms of the the mm. 
the spicy hop component. Okay. Like a Dortmunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has lagery type characters to it. It doesn't taste like a, a blonde ale where you have a bunch of esters from fermentation right. or have, you know, a more bready type malt backbone. It has a cleaner profile. You're really tasting the ingredients, you know, the, the malt, the barley, the honey, the orange. It's a very interesting take on a blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got it's got a really it's got a spicy, somewhat grassy hop component. the The malt is sort of a less sweet shortbread, okay. um, and there's there's a little bit of like bergamot. There's a bit of that like orange. Yeah, yeah. Oil. Uh, and there's some, flor- I mean, the hoppy, the, the 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 honey isn't so much coming through on the flavor. It may be a little bit of floralness, but not, not like a, mm-hmm. a sweet or or sticky. No, it's kind stuff. of just a, a a reminiscent flower petal type thing. Mm-hmm. Usually, how the the wildflower is what carried through, and not you know kind of fermented honey flavor you know there's not too much mead like things right or anything but it really carried through the flower petal type flavors from the wildflower looks like they've been around since 2011 if i can read the label right there i think there, there's some interesting stuff on their website here because what are some of the other beers they make uh, Long Leaf India Pale Ale, Black Gold Porter, Bodie Odie American Style Pale, Baba uh, Dan Coffee IPA. Some other yeah, when I saw they were in Western North Carolina, it looked like near Asheville. I was wondering how I hadn't heard of them or hadn't, you know, driven past the place. But it's been more than uh, five years since I've been down there, so that would explain it. Now, I'm calling this a Boone Creek because they have it on their web. Site and and uh, the can on the website they're showing says Boone Creek uh, Blonde Ale. The one we have just says blonde and it has a sort of honey barrel mm-hmm. uh, where the O is. But what's interesting to me is that the text of here, which is slightly different than the text on here, mentions calling it Honey Badger. Okay. Like they say here, the honey badger is brewed with orange zest to add additional citrus notes. And so, so it has like three personalities. It has, yeah. Three like days. the copies from three different generations. Right. Of, and then at the end they have like a, a, you could say a honey badger doesn't give a blank, you know, dash, 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 dash. Mm. So I don't, <laughs> they're very confused about this one. I wouldn't, I could certainly imagine honey badger is trademarked mm-hmm. by somebody. Mm-hmm. And they just never had a chance to, to update their website. Or forgot about that part. Forgot about that part, yeah. But uh, I like it. I do. I mean, it. you know, when you open up your call to blonde, you never know if you're going to get something interesting or, mm-hmm. or bland. And this one's definitely an interesting one. You definitely get a lot of nuance out of what they're doing. And I really like how it has that more lagery, Pils Dortmunder yeah. type backbone to it. I think it really works well with the, the honey and the orange zest. I agree. Does have kind of a, a more mouthfeel than you might get 
from a lager. That's where some of the ale stuff comes in. You get a little bit yeah, yeah, could of be. a more chewy texture. Now the flight gets... There's like no obvious path for the rest of the no. flight. Um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> Let's do the freestyle. Yeah, that's, that's probably the best way to go. So the next beer, we're going straight into a barley wine. This is the old Bacchus Barley Wine from Free State Beer. Free State is in Iowa. Malt varieties pale. Or no, I'm sorry. I spoke Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. Iowa, Kansas. Yeah, except for the people who live there. <laughs> Malt varieties pale, golden promise, Maris Otter, dark crystal amber. So I expect this to be more on the malty side. You would. It's a barley wine. Uh, hot varieties nugget and crystal. Uh, 10% alcohol by volume, 35 IBU. Probably should have done a short pour on that. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> the color is a brown with amber highlights. It has about a half a finger's worth of a nice sort of spotty head. Lots of cherry, lots of dark pitted fruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the aroma is, is like Greg said, you know, it, it it's definitely reminding me of dried fruits, cherries, um, pears, like dried pears. Um, there's some milk coming through, but yeah, there's this esteriness, this fruitiness that's kind of on top of that. It smells very sweet. Like a concentrated sweetness, like a syrup. Mm-hmm. If you kind of really get your nose down in there, it is a, you can get the alcohol, you can get the booziness. Yep. Yeah, you certainly can. Moving on to the the color, I don't know if Greg mentioned it. It's a, you know, like you expect from barley wine. It kind of has some reddish highlights to it. I said, um, what I said, I said uh, brown with uh, amber highlights. needs a warm bit. Yeah, almost certainly. The uh, the flavors that I am tasting, I'm getting some. I think that the the maltiness and kind of the toffee caramel will probably come out once we warm it up some more. But you get a nice bready backbone. They kind of went into those fruits a little bit. I keep getting that dried pear fl- in the flavor as well. Um, but yeah, I think if we get some heat in this thing, get this guy up around 60, 65 degrees, um, it should really. While we're waiting, we can talk about um, oh, what happened yeah, last week, which was the um, perhaps the most boring Super Bowl ever. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. I didn't watch any of it. I, no, I don't think it's... I mean, there's been some really uncompetitive blowouts or whatnot. At mm-hmm. least this one, it was like you're rooting for Carolina to to get a little more competitive to make the game interesting. You know, it's like, come on, you can do it. Oh, you can't. Damn. Um but, you know, we got our next follow-up on the Budweiser ad. It wasn't <laughs> quite as... Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't, have, didn't actually watch it. I didn't wasn't see it. quite as poking the bear as the first one. But my Twitter feed blew up nonetheless. At this point, are we really concerned about Budweiser? I mean... I when, when 
when places like Ballast Pointer are being sold and I don't give a crap about the ad. Yeah. Lagunitas. And you know, the I really don't give a crap about what Peyton Manning wants to drink. Right. Um Twitter went nuts, nuts, nuts about Peyton Manning. Well that's like, Twitter, like, right? I mean like Groucho from the Beer Report. I, I didn't talk to him. I should follow up. But like for like a day and a half, he was like retweeting every tweet he could find like that was bashing Peyton Manning for that. <laughs> and um, the dude owns some Budweiser wholesalers. He's like part owner for like two wholesalers that sell Bud. So he's kind of invested in mm-hmm. selling Bud. Um, the Brewers Association sent him a care package yes, of beer he should that. be drinking. And... I, I don't, maybe it's just me, I don't take Peyton Manning for the kind of guy who has a really exploratory type of personality. I don't think he's going to be like, hmm, let me try this IPA, let me try this brown ale, let me try this and that. I, <laughs> I kind of think he's a meat and potatoes kind of guy who just wants his Budweiser. Yeah, uh, just don't care. Let, P, let, P, let him drink what he wants to drink. I mean, it's like what you you quoted when Julius it's, it's said. It's kind of like, yeah, I was going to say, now, you know, so the, the Brewers Association sends uh, him some beer. Mm-hmm. And then on a, you know, the same day, Julia tweets, uh, screw what anyone else says. If you like it or you don't, it's what, you know, if you like it or you don't, it's what you should carry the day. Yeah. Basically, drink what you want. Mm-hmm. That's Julia Hurt, so our, is our good but friend. But she, she wasn't talking about Peyton Manning in that quote, but. Um, it follows. Yeah, so let, yeah. let the dude drink what he wants. He's yeah. not going to agree with us. What I find interesting is, you know, we got sent this uh, Rebel Grapefruit IPA, which I'm sure people are going to say, oh, they're copying off of Ballast Point. But, uh, well, Grapefruit and IPA have been around, you know, in, in some way for a mm-hmm. long time. And, and Grapefruit and beer, right? Because yeah. Stiegel did yeah. their Grapefruit Rattler and, and things like that. And that's, that's a beer's been around for a while. And so Ballast Point is also now was sold for a billion dollars so now it now sam adams is a small guy no, <laughs> no not really I mean, but but like oh they did rebel raw yeah. and it was packaged like heady topper right mm-hmm. they got rebel grapefruit i mean they also sent us a can of rebel cascade so yeah. now it looks like we should be expecting some single hopped rebels so almost like that deconstructed pack that they did the last great deconstructed it was really cool um for us, the analytical yeah. types, right? Uh, you know, some of those, and, and I applaud them for doing that because some of those beers in the deconstructed Lad Two Forty Eight were not good on their own. They were only a useful um, exercise when you wanted to see what each hop did, yeah. and then kind of see how they pulled together into the beer. But to have that being out there and available relatively largely, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, so I expect. To see like rebel anything mm-hmm. and everything. Oh, this is the new Thanos can, right? Look at that. It has the the different lip on it. Uh, no, their cans have been that way. Uh, it doesn't have like the whole pull off top that they were oh, going yeah, to do, right? right? Okay. Because I, Sly Fox got the patent on the pull off top, oh. or and and kind of beat. I'm not sure the whole story, but both Sly Fox and Boston Beer were going to have these cans where the top pulled off, and you could use it as a cup, and. Uh, Sam I've Adams, never seen one of those in a while. Sam Adams never did it. I believe the Sly Fox cans are that way, but um shows how much Sly Fox I've had lately. I haven't had one. <laughs> um, 
back to the rebel i just think you're going to see lots and lots of variations a rebel you know it's almost probably going to turn it i don't know if they're going to split it off and have rebel brewing company but i wouldn't be surprised if it's something kind of like that where it's they're just crazy you know like let's do every ipa um which is really interesting because jim was traditionally not much much you know wanted to, to brew his own way and not but jim's a businessman right yes. i mean he knows Absolutely. He, can, he can smell the tea leaves so let's go back to this beer all right, it should be nice and warm by now. Let's see what the infrared gun says. Old Bacchus. Mine's up to 73. That's quite warm. So that's like 68. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's at around uh, 63 or so. The aroma hasn't changed too much. I think uh, maybe some of the fruits have gone away and a little bit of the malt has come yes, into the yeah, aroma. right. The flavor's definitely opened up. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get some more uh, toffee. It's more toffee than caramel. It, uh, the, there's still some fruits in the flavor. And there's a little bit of alcohol burn in the back of your throat. This 10%, you know, is noticeable in there. It's not Espe- boozy. Especially when you warm it up. I mean, you're going to yeah. start to do this. It's not boozy. It's, it's not over hot, but you definitely can feel it in the back yeah. of your throat. Another thing when you warm things up is you tend to get more phenols coming out so you get more kind of spicy or like like i'm getting some things that are vaguely nutmeggy and vaguely uh clovey which come Mm -hmm. out a little bit more when you warm it up i think you're gonna get more of everything i mean you're gonna get the esters in there if there are two but they may not even be noticeable yeah it's weird temperature it's weird how the uh, yeah you're right it's weird how the fruit has faded i wasn't expecting the pears to go away It does. It doesn't taste as just sort of directly fruity sweet. Now, it has mm. more of a of a malt forwardness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely is better balance mm-hmm. now that we've warmed it up. Like you said, the malt for uh, the malt character has a better balance. Where before it was kind of a, a sweet, yeah, um, fruity uh, like the, the dried fruit type thing. So it definitely came around. You really taste what. I think it's either the Dark Crystal or the Maris Otter, right? So it's sort of like bordering on slightly even smoky, just a darker malt than you're typically used to. So you get these notes that if they were pushed further could become acrid. They're not acrid yet, but you you know, you can see how take those to an extreme they could become acrid. But they're good at this point. Free State is uh been around since nineteen eighty nine. And they've been making this beer since uh, the early 90s, it says on the neck label. It's a good barley wine. It does. It, it definitely has like an English tradition type character to mm-hmm. it. It's definitely not hoppy. It it doesn't really feel boisterous American. It definitely feels more of a, 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 cur- a curated English style mm-hmm. barley wine. Which is generally right what I like. I do wish you hadn't poured the whole thing in. I know. Oh, we can bring, I can pause and we can get a duplicate. Or you pour a little bit in my glass, I can help you out. All right. There you go. Helping Greg out. Taking one for the team. Hmm. 
Jeff doesn't have to drive. <laughs> it's one of the advantages. I did have to shovel a driveway for you, though, so. What are the advantages of this? <laughs> All right, so what's next? Well, we can go to a porter. I don't want to. Yeah, because we might want to save this for last. Yeah. Yeah, let's do the porter. All right. So we're going over to. Where is West 6th? Somewhere out in the flat part of the country. <laughs> Or, no, they're not. Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Pay it forward, Cocoa Porter. 7% alcohol. <laughs> okay, so we've dropped 3%. Nice. Uh, two row, the malts that he used, two row pale coconut malt, pale chocolate malt. Pale coconut pale malt. Coconut malt. <laughs> Some hybrid bad scientist genetic modification <laughs> stuff going on. Pale chocolate malt, Munich, Care Munich, and Special B. Uh, hops. Just plain old Cascade. They also added roasted cacao nibs, and they used their house ale yeast. They had over 60 pounds of cacao nibs in each 40-barrel batch. It's a yeah. lot of, a lot of cocoa. It does. Um, the Rome has a cocoa. It's interesting, because <laughs> I'm tasting, I'm smelling the cocoa up in my nasal passage like well after I pulled the beer away, like when I first smelled it, I was smelling um, roasty and a little bit of cocoa. And then like the residual like cocoa, like really like absorbed and hit in after I was done sniffing. Very, very dark brown. Like I wouldn't say black, but it's really, really dark brown. You can't see through it at all. Uh, brown highlights. Wispy head. Tan. Very first sniff, the aroma came across a little on the acrid side, but I'm not smelling that anymore. I think now that my nose is a little bit calibrated to it, I'm definitely getting more of the nuance of the, the cocoa. There's a lot of the roast cacao uh, aroma coming through. Yeah, there's something about... So maybe it's because they're using the cacao nibs or something, but there's something about the aroma that's not quite chocolate right yeah. i'm trying to mm-hmm. figure out the words to put to it uh to help describe it to the people listening um it's it's uh i mean cacao is bitter right yeah it has... yeah yeah it has a little bitterness to it it um maybe that's it maybe it's a little bit like uh no i was gonna say like a you know like a clue or something but that's really not right yeah. either that's way too sweet yeah um I'm not sure. I'm I mean, sure. cacao is its own kind of flavor. It's hard to it's hard to boil it down to other things. It's it's a dried fruit that <laughs> I don't know. They're called beans. They're not legumes. Obviously, they're a fruit. Get any cocoa puffs out of this? Maybe. You know, kind of do, don't you? In, in a weird way, just because because cocoa puffs, the the cereal, if for those who are not familiar, um, is this just you know it's got this cocoa powder on corn blobs basically, mm-hmm. and some of that can some of that cacao some of that cocoa powder can get aerosol, aerosolized 
And those components are what you can smell, I think. Yeah, it's that, or it's like the chocolate in the milk or something. That it's something reminiscent of cocoa. Yeah, it smells like a, it smells darker than even like a Dutch processed cocoa, though. Mm-hmm. It really has a deep cacao note. First sip, you taste mostly the porter. Mm. No, you taste the chocolate on this, or you taste the the cacao. Um, actually, I think this is an v- excellent expression of cacao. Now, okay. I mean, I've had like the nibs before, and they have this. Um, the bitterness can come through as a kind of tartness, not tart like, um, like a tart cherry, but sort of there's this. There's this hump, this, this vague acidity that comes out of it that does lend itself to a little bit of a of a fruitiness if you have some of it. And, and it it kind of is a sherry-like component. Yeah, it does seem like it has something that's along the lines of oxidation. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure whether... Mm-hmm. I'm calling it oxidi- oxidation. It, it's a flavor that's reminiscent of oxidation, but it's, I don't believe it's oxidation. I think it's just... It's a component that cacao has, and I think this is actually probably very similar to the ancient uh, Aztec drink they used to make. Zocado? Yeah, which was sort of a hot cacao and right. other stuff going on. Yeah, chili peppers and stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But this does. See, so you mentioned the acidity. When I first tasted that, I was like, do we have another beer that's souring or something like that but you know it's not quite that way i'm trying to figure out maybe if it's if the cacao. cacao can add the acidity then yes, absolutely then that's what we're that's what we're tasting I mean, all the, when they say 60 pounds of cacao nibs in a 40 barrel batch that's a lot of cacao it's a lot of stuff going on and you will get major cacao notes and if you've ever had those nibs you know what i'm talking about when i say there's a interesting fruitiness that comes out of this stuff that is related to that sort of sherry note. It's really interesting that it can come up without oxidation. I mean, this is in a can. Um, this is probably relatively recent. I mean... This is one of their flagships. They have four main flagships. They have an IPA, an amber, an American wheat, and the cocoa porter. If you really want to get an idea of what the original cacao really is, I would say this is an excellent excellent version of because not only is it representative of cacao but it also it tastes very good it, it's it brings forward the um a, a great mouthfeel it has uh, a good backbone of some relatively simple malts to, to let the cacao play out mm-hmm That's pretty interesting. The paid forward cocoa porter from Wix West Sixth Brewing Company. I say relatively simple malt. I mean, there are five different malts that are used in here, so I don't well, want to. What I mean by that is that it's 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 low in tone, right? I mean, right. It's, it's supporting. Yeah, it's a, it's a platform for the right. other flavors. 
Yeah, the flavor really wasn't that chocolatey. Yeah. You know, while there was like a bit of cocoa puffs or something in the aroma, the flavor was more bitter, uh, a little more fruity, like you said. There's that acidity that was coming through. Not too much, not things that you would really identify as like a chocolate porter. Yeah. In this, this is one. not milk chocolate. This is nothing, yeah. nothing like that. All right. You want to do the Boulevard next, or do you want to do the? Um, I kind. I guess it probably would be a good fit to put to the Boulevard. All right. So this is a Telltale Tart. Well, before we do that, <laughs> this is. What are you laughing about, man? It's it's very it's romantic. It's very romantic. If you need to get something for your the lovely lady or guy in your life, you missed the boat. Yeah, well, maybe you're celebrating like half price flower Valentine's Day, like on the like 18th or something like that, and you want to get her something special from Amazon while you're doing that. It's not too late for your half price flower 18th of February Valentine's Day. Sure. And you can order at craftbeerradio.com/amazon and have it shipped two-day Prime for free. And it uh, doesn't cost you a penny more if you use craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, but it supports the show. Craig's loving this instrumental version of uh, My Heart Show Go On. Is that what it's called? Or it's yeah. I'm, I'm just... Do you want to sing? Oh, I don't want to ruin the moment. Okay. Oh, Tune into, the, tune into the post show. Maybe we'll have some karaoke with this song. Scare everyone away. Have a very romantic We're not gonna Valentine's Day. Craftbeeradio.com slash Amazon. Let's <laughs> get into the meat and potatoes. I didn't want to fade it out too fast. All right. Oh, boy. Tell, tell, oh, look at this. There's a heart on this beer. Serendipity, my friend. Serendipity. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. But of course, this is a telltale tart from Boulevard. Of course, comes from the uh, Edgar Allan Poe story, The Telltale Heart. Yes. One of those classics of uh, gothic literature. The, the, ne- the uh, Best Buy. October 16th of last year, of 2015, so a little beyond the Best Buy, but I mean, come this, on, it's a uh, slightly sour ale, it probably doesn't suck. Was this sent to us by... Dave. Okay, so what... We just have Left Coast. Left Coast came okay. from the brewery. Alright, so, at 6.2% occupied volume... There is some. <laughs> wow, they don't really have a lot of info. I, th- I usually expected more info. So malt, they say they just give me sensory profile notes and not actually notes on what's in there. Okay. Huh. I'll, I'll I'll read well. them. Malt biscuit, lightly nutty, hops, bittering only. Okay. Well, let's just smell and taste. We don't need them yeah. to tell us what we're t- what we're tasting. So the color is this. Mm, well, okay, so uh, 
a orange with uh, orange reddish. Sure. Yeah. Aroma slightly tartness on there, a little bit of a city in the aroma kind of uh, reminds me mo- like it's a very local call but um dry log brewing company you know some of their sours have a very similar profile to this you know, like the r2 cool ship or something like that which you know two or three people listening probably have had that uh, but that's really where it took me right away it has a very similar profile to this i'm trying to get where it's coming from i don't immediately smell like a lactic note it's uh it's probably uh, a Belgian blend, kind of like um, a Roselaire or something like that. I think it, it's would that be a it, it, that... No, it's not going to be a Cetobacter. That's gonna that's gonna make vinegar, right? It, it's you um, get wild yeasts. You're gonna yeah, get... I guess it could just come from that. There might be a little bacteria in there, but I mean, it's not huge part you know yeah. sometimes you can tell right away just by smelling it like oh this is lactic or oh this is pedio or something like that yeah uh, there might be a fruit Did they say anything about adding fruit in here or maybe it's just the, the asterisk coming off of it but you know almost like a tart cherry or something doesn't, like that I'm smelling doesn't say anything about a fruit hmm they call it a slightly Sour ale. Yeah, and, and that agrees with yeah. everything I'm smelling. You're really pooling. Like like dry log brewing here in Pittsburgh, they make some sour beers, but they're, again, slightly soured. I'm kind of anxiously awaiting when he has more capacity and can do like more serious, like like New Belgium type souring, you know, like, mm. you know, and see what he's able to do because, you know, I think he's turning product you know, at the speed he needs to turn it, and it kind of has, you know, this kind of depth of sour to it. It's a lot more tart in the flavor than the aroma. It kind of gives you a little bit, you know, I think I'm going to start at a Flanders for the baseline. It has a little bit of that sweet tart going on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of zing. There's a carbonation that I really wasn't expecting because the head's not there, but there's a big... Maybe it's how the acid is playing. The acidity is playing on my tongue, but it really was prickly on the tongue. Tasted more carbonated than it looks. I like your sweet tart call. Which is generally like citric acid, right? That's probably what they use in... Uh, yeah, probably for the sweet tarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of has... Um, you know, now you say citric, you know... If you think of a glass of orange juice, mm-hmm. and not the orange flavor, but the actual prickly acidity gets very similar. It kind of hits your tongue the same way that this beer is hitting it. You know, it says slightly sour, but this is sour enough. I mean, the flavor yeah. is fully satisfying. Any well, I mean, more... Keep in mind, it is, you know, a couple of my souls. And it, a little beyond its best by date, but, you know, this... It, is there some sludge in the bottom? Do we have some maintaining yeast keeping this guy alive? Mm, I don't think so, no. No? Pretty clean? Mm, I guess you're right. The beer has a bit of a haze to it, and it almost looked like it was like 
uh, I think there's got to be yeast in here. I mean, you can still have yeast yeah. maintained without having sludge. Without there. having like visible sludge. Yeah. But it looks like there's like parts of the beer where they're kind of like coagulated, yeah. like a little more uh, thick, fully. Or maybe that's just a shadow from the isolated bubbles of yeast or of head on the beer. Anyway. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty tart. It um, the age hasn't hurt it at all. It's a pretty mild beer with a mild amount of, you know, mild to mid around of tartness. You know, like I said, for me, it's fully satisfying. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like, um, you know, some beers like the, the dry log beers. I don't want to bash dry log. I, I think they're doing a great job with what they have. But I, I when I'm drinking those, I generally like, oh, I want some more sourness, mm-hmm. right? Where this one, I'm not saying that. You know, if Drylog got to this point, I would be completely satisfied, you know. But like I said, I'm rooting for them to have the capabilities to get to this point. Boulevard is one of those that are, I guess they're back to being technically a craft beer, even though they're owned by Duval. Well, Duval is a um, not a non-craft brewery. Not a right. non Right. So if you're owned by a brewery that's not a craft brewery. So Duval's a craft brewery still, I guess, even though they're, they're Belgium. So <laughs> Oma Gang and Firestone Walker and Boulevard. So can he make that into a triple negative somehow? They're still uh, craft breweries. <laughs> Duval is not not a not. <laughs> Duval's not a very big brewery, turns out. Um, I was surprised when I learned this. You know, I was uh, talking with... Um, brewer at Omegang when I was up there in the last fall. Um, you know, you just see Duval and Duval products everywhere. Seems like an InBev type, you know, large mm-hmm. Belgian or, you know, yeah, large Belgian brewery. But no, Duval's a small brewery, a small, um, I, don't, I, I don't know, I don't want to say family owned without researching it, but it's not a very big place. And uh, even though they're buying three big american craft breweries uh they're not too big so that's why these guys are still craft even though they're not even though they're owned by i see a foreign company uh hasn't impacted any of the beers really you know i mean Duval would be a, a great corporate overlord for any brewery i would think compared to other options mm-hmm However, what what corporate overlord has ruined a brewery lately? You know, no, you know, there's all these fears, but none of them have really been ruined yet. So, and certainly not yet, yeah, not yet. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, I don't, I don't want to slag on any brewery too much, but maybe corporate ownership will help Breckenridge. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm you know we'll be the first ones to to report mm-hmm. when you know we we find that one of these breweries of you know their corporate overlords have screwed them up, but I don't see it happening. I think they understand that these guys need some the leeway to to do yeah. what they do to to innovate in the market and uh, look at how many different versions of Greek yogurt we have in the market now. Yeah, that's the market can support that. <laughs> the market can certainly support a bunch of craft beers, right? What about indie beers? Indie beers. 
I guess you haven't been seeing this. So there is a beer podcast out in California. None of the ones that we like associate with yeah. yet, but they don't like, um, I guess the, the crafty breweries or whatnot. So they're looking for a new term to, uh, to define the breweries that they want to support okay. and which generally doesn't include Boulevard, Oh My Gang, right. Ballast Point. So now they're they're trying to push Indie Brewery. Indie. And my Twitter feed is like, uh, it's almost about as the Peyton Manning thing about Indie, not Indie. Maybe I'm getting old and curmudgeonly. Like, I don't have patience for, like, all this, like, craft beer nonsense anymore. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like not not all the craft beer nonsense, yeah, yeah. but the nonsense in craft beer. I don't have the patience for anymore. Well, I mean, there's a lot of signal. There's a lot of noise out there, and finding the signal can be hard. And, and there's there's always going to be, like, competition and, and just... There's always going to be just push-me-pull-you aspects of... People who are just fans of one thing, fans of the other, and they're going to come up with terms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to cross lines, and they're going to be sellouts. So it, it's, yeah. it's it's the nature of things that this stuff sort of Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, before they started this indie beer thing, we were talking about, you know, like, craft beer radio. And is the name still fitting? Mm-hmm. Is craft beer the term, you know? The, and, you know, I like the idea of just... Is the beer good? Is the beer yeah. you want to drink? I mean, I, do I think the name is still fitting? Probably not. We, if we were starting it today, we wouldn't name it this. But we did, and it has that um, kind of a network effect that it's just you know, it that keeps going. So there's no reason to, to change it now. Yep, that was a telltale tart. Nice and tart, quite mm-hmm. tasty. Didn't tell much of a tale. But it was nice. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, we love a beer that tells a story mm-hmm. that walks us through this progression. It didn't do it so much, but it was still tasty. And it it was not slightly tart. It was right on the mark, yeah. tart enough. So, Our final beer of the night is from Left Coast. They sent this beer to us. Thank you, Left Coast. This is Hop Juice. It is from a 22-ounce bomber. The hop varieties that are used are Columbus Cascade, Mount Hood, and they dry hop with Columbus Cascade and Simcoe. 9.7% alcohol by volume, 100 IBUs, which means, again, I always say this, but I still, I mean, I think it's important to point out the human taste buds generally will get you around 80, and any more than that is. There's some intangibles, though. Yeah. There's I mean, definitely some straight, intangibles. There's not straight up bitterness, but there's other aspects yes. of. 100 IBUs worth of hops due to the beers. So That's hoppy. It smells hoppy. Color is a amber. Kind of amber right on the money. So is this guy like 10% or something? Yes, 9.7. 9.7. So there's a big multi-backbone on this guy. And then the hops... I know Greg rattled off what they were. You know, if I'm smelling them, I think the Simcoe has a fair presence. I I probably would have called Mosaic if if I was guessing. Kind of a especially since we have so say that has set this this Rebel Grapefruit with a big oh a tin of pretty fresh Mosaic hops, or at least dry, but dry flower hops. And wow, mm-hmm. the smell is really grapefruity. Mm-hmm. My guess is that a lot of that is Cascade with a bit of Columbus in there. Okay. 
You know, I've seen Mount Hood a lot. I'm not super familiar with Mount Hood in terms of like... It's generally a bittering hop. It doesn't yeah. really used as... Never never seen a single hop Mount Hood beer, yeah. at least not in very many places. <laughs> There's a bit of a... The, the malt sweetness and the hoppiness kind of gives you this hop candy type aroma. You know, there's this... Um, reminds me of... Um, there's a Simcoe note, and I don't know. I mean... Simcoe tearing you down? It, it feels like you have all these nice, f- like, f- uh, fruity hop stuff coming through with the Columbus and the Cascade, and then you, you put in this onion note. Uh, I, won't, I don't think most people pick out... <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of your, you know... You, oh, you put in this sulfury note? It, um... It's a... Kind of going grapefruity for me. I'm not getting the The first stuff I was getting was definitely grapefruity. But as I sort of dipped into it, I'm getting some sulfury notes. And I would say a green onion is the thing that comes to mind. Just from the aroma. Flavor. There's a lot of bitterness. Tons of hop aroma. The the malt, where I thought the malt was coming through in the uh, aroma, it's not really, at least not in the first sip. You know, it's just... Mountain of hops, really juicy hops, kind of like. Um, I see what they're doing now. It makes sense now, and I taste it. Okay. Um, what do you got? I need to take a here. So, to me, the Simcoe is actually pretty prominent, but there's a reason. It's cutting the the strong citrus stuff with a little bit of a of a bite. And I think that um, it might – it's it's almost like – keep in mind this is – I'm doing a little bit of poetry here. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying exactly what it's like, but uh, – or not describing it precisely. But it's almost like when you take a um, uh, a meal or a dish of some sort and you add garlic to it, you're adding another component – that gives it uh, a little bit more bite than it normally would have. And I think that's what the Simcoe is doing here. It's adding some bite to it that uh, prevents it from sort of, from keeps it from being sort of one note. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it definitely gives, I'm still trying to narrow down exactly what I'm getting from the Simcoe. I I wouldn't go sulfury oniony. It's. No, I I think that was a Roma thing. Okay. Uh, but I get what it's doing in the in the flavor. I I, I taste the the cutting. It, it's sort of like when you if you cut sweetness with a little acid, right? You, you you're trying to you're trying to not overwhelm the palate, and so you're introducing something else to, if nothing else, calm down some notes and uh, bring some other notes around to it. Yeah, so, okay, you know what, I'm actually tasting something like that now. Um, kind of more like a bitter greens, like a Swiss chard or an yeah. arugula or something like that. It's kind of the, the flavors I'm getting on top of the grapefruit. Yeah, I think that's how the Simcoe is hitting me. Kind of like Swiss chard, I think I really... Um, that's a good That's a good call. That's how it's hitting me. Kind of a bitter, you know, like bitter green. Yeah, a little bit of a, of a, of a cabbage note. The, it still has a. It's pretty sulfury, uh, and that's Simcoe. Yeah, 
to me more bitter than like uh like I said a bitter green than I guess that is a sulfur component yeah. huh the one that makes it kind of like a green leaf type thing um still really juicy on the other side of it you know it has a nice balance of, of that mm-hmm. versus the juicy uh sweet hops it's uh it's pretty good um I, I I really get what it's doing I'm not sure that I love it mm-hmm. but I appreciate what the use of it was where when I was smelling it, I was like, mm, Oh no, but no, I, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, it makes sense. Okay. I don't know whether it's, let's uh, move on to the ranking. Really what, I, what I love. But I, <laughs> it makes sense. Sure. So the ranking, uh, for me, it's tough. There's really no bad beers tonight. Yeah. I think the West six, I'm going to put at the bottom, uh, you know, it's uh, the while it was interesting tasting the the cocoa nibs and everything. I think kind of testament to the other beers that I enjoyed those flavors better. Wessex took a little getting used to. There was that acidity that was confusing me for, uh, you know, is there something you don't expect that in a porter? And I was wondering if something was off, if it was going soured or not. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It also. The cocoa also gave it that, is it going oxidized? So it took a while to get tuned into. Um, but out of the five beers, you know, let's put that in at the bottom. Fourth place. Hmm. I'm going to put... That's t- oh, this is hard, man. It's really hard. I like the, I liked the last four beers... I'm going to put the barley wine from Free State in fourth place. Okay. I don't want to, but I have to. I don't think there's any bad beers tonight. Yeah. I don't want to, but I have to. Um, I Once we got that warmed up, it was a nice English-style barley wine. It had a lot of great toffee flavors to it. Um, when it was cooler, you got some neat dried fruit flavors from it. You know, it would have been nice to be able like, to explore both of those at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, one kind of faded, and the other one came became more pronounced. And um, it was a 2015 vintage of, of the old Bracus probably went from Free State in third place. I'm gonna put the Appalachian Mountain Brewery. I thought this was really interesting for a beer titled Blonde, right? Because for me, my tongue was tasting a, a Pilsner Dortmunder type malt profile and hopping as well and then they layered on the wildflower nuance and the orange zest nuance on top of that and it was really drinkable it was really well done and i thought that lager profile at least that's what i was tasting and i don't think this beer is a lager but what i was tasting for a lager profile really worked well with those um adjuncts liked it a lot i'm gonna put So here, I'm not sure which one I... So I liked them. Which one? Did I love either of them? No. So now, so now like, I don't have a clear favorite, right? <laughs> so now I'm, like, saying, which one did I like more? I'm going to put the Telltale Tart in second place. I'll put the Hop Juice in first place. Telltale Tart gave... Sorry. 
I turned you up so you could cue up the music, but I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, expecting your instant messages. I was not expecting that either. <laughs> um, Telltale Tart had a nice sourness to it. If it told me a little bit of a story, right? Like if the mm-hmm. malts were doing something or if it had a little more progression, you know, I probably would have easily won the day. I'm not disappointed in that beer at all, but because it wasn't a storyteller, I think I'm with the hop juice in first place because that really juicy hop flavor really hit the spot. I thought it was uh, a really good double IPA um, because I like those. We we used to have a term for it. We don't like to use anymore, but it was this juicy candy type flavor. You can use and, the term. I mean, no, we it just doesn't make we, sense we just, it, you know, it got... It got old. It did get old. But, you know, this juicy candy-like hop, it, it brought it back to me. And Greg mentioned that the Simcoe kind of cut into that, and it kind of gave a bitter greens-type flavor. Yeah. But, you know, I really like the sweet candied grapefruit flavor in that beer. I find this very interesting because, let, let, let me say that again uh, without slurring my words. I find this very interesting because Jeff and I both agree that there wasn't a bad beer tonight. Uh, and our rankings are almost exactly mirrored. <laughs> okay. I was ho- so hoping that they would be... Ex- just like, random mix. No, not or, random, but I, I was uh, hoping that, that flip it, would, it would be just like exactly opposite. <laughs> okay. But just slightly not. My number five is the left coast. Uh, I, like I said, I... I I was like, hmm, I smell it. Like, no, I don't. I don't think so. And then I tasted it. Like, okay, I get where they're going. I understand the use. Again, I didn't say I loved it, but I understand it, and it doesn't like. It's not confusing to me. Uh, it's good. I, you know, I could I could drink more of it. It's not a problem. That said, uh, I enjoyed the other beers more. I believe number four. This is where the only issue. <laughs> I put the Appalachian as number four. Uh, I I did like the. Um, the Dortmunder-like uh, component that was coming out of it. Uh, I just felt the other ones gave me something else. Uh, and so number three, I'm going to put the Boulevard. Kind of a one-note beer, but a very good one-note beer with a very interesting uh, qualitative sourness that I liked a lot. Uh, number two, I'm going to put the Free State. Uh, very good barley wine. Really... Uh... I'm squinting because, like, how are our rankings similar? They're, like... They're like... They are mixed. They're like mirrored. They're well. You put Free State in fourth. I put it in second. You put Left Coast first. I put it first. Last. You put you put West Coast first. Left Coast first. I put it last. Yeah. So it's mirrored. Yeah, mirrored. That's what I said. Oh. Okay. Maybe I'm the drunk one. I <laughs> thought you said you were hoping they'd be mirrored, and then they turned out to be the they, same. They are, they are almost completely mirrored, but they're okay. not because you put. I was hoping you'd put the Appalachian in the middle. Oh. You didn't. We're one off from being oh, there. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I don't think you said that. But anyway, maybe uh, I'm the drunk one. Number two, the Free State. Uh, I, I like the barley wine a lot. Um, I thought it was really good, particularly when it warmed up. It had some really great qualities to it. But I loved the cacao that was coming through on the West 6th. I loved the sort of presentation of cacao that was coming through. and I And I wanted... If, if nothing else, I want to sort of express that this is really a great version of that. So I'm going to put that as number one. Yeah, almost mirrored. Mm-hmm. Uh, close show. All good beers. And uh, just based on preference. So 
Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Now, get back to the significant other in your life. That's right. And spend some time with them. And uh, just queue up the queue up this post the the, uh, the outro here. That'll get them in the mood, especially with us talking over it, because yes. that will will add to the point. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Yeah, I can't even talk. Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. At CBR craft- stands for Craft Beer Radio. Wow. You never knew that. <laughs> at Craft Beer Radio for the. It's obscure, The um, Facebook and Google Plus, we don't do too much on these days. But we appreciate you guys listening, guys and gals listening. And go, go to your lady, go to your guy. When we think about you guys listening, we think about love. So I feel like making it right now. All right. Now.